0: podcasting from Occupied Tonga Land in Long Beach, California. This is Why Am I Talking Podcast, a show about local current events with a socialist slant. On today's show, we're going to talk about the recent protests we had again in Long Beach, even more successful than the last one. I want to check in with my comrade Vic. Hey Vic, how you doing? Not bad, not bad. How are you feeling? Eh, okay. Um tired. I'm honestly
1: tired. <laughs> After that all that walking and just, you know, it's hard work to be out there. Yeah, yeah. it was like 88 degrees. Ah, uh, we we joined the protest at like five uh June fifth and from five mm-hmm. o'clock on we were out there in the streets. Actually from like four o'clock. We started at Harvey Milk and yeah, we were all over Long Beach, downtown Long Beach. We stopped at the mayor's house, protested there a little bit. But how I'm feeling is up and down, man. Huh? Past few days have been mm-hmm. all the emotions and even up till today, up until this moment, I just got off a phone call yeah. that gave me from my co parent gave me the perspective that all the podcasts that I listened to all the leftists that I listen to, she gave me a perspective in a way that made this whole thing crystallize this whole thing mm. in a brilliant analysis. Yeah. Yeah. And I want I'll share that with you a little later. I'm excited to hear that later for me. It's like, it's,
0: It's been a bit weird. I mean, you've talked about this before, but I'm always the socialist harassing my family about stuff, about politics with the ear beating, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they've always been liberal, but now they're really coming around to the abolition stance. And we were talking today about the announcement in Minneapolis, how they're going to disband the Minneapolis
1: PD. Yeah, yeah. Just disgusting what that means, you know?
0: Yeah. It's honestly, it just feels strange, you know, like
1: where we're at. Yeah, and having people look to us for answers about the current climate, and little do they know, we're still trying to piece it all together. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, definitely. We
0: really are. And especially as like a white. Organizer, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm having, I'm trying to navigate the space in a way where I'm not trying to, you know, take take things over, you know.
1: Oh yeah, try to let go. Dude, part of me is starting to realize, like, yeah, it's definitely white, black, but it's also like me as a black dude coming into it and being like, oh, hmm, this not, this isn't the place where we're leading right now. This is black women leading this, and that's their work that they did. There, you know, and it's just dawning on me and hitting me, and to be like, wow oh, this is not a time for me to step up and lead. No, stupid. This is time for you to sit and shut up and listen and take direction from people who obviously are onto something. Like step up and support. Yeah, look what happened in Minneapolis. That happened. Yeah. That happened.
0: So... Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about what happened on Friday, June 5th. There was another big protest in Long Beach we participated in. This one, a bit smaller than last time, but incredibly successful. Vic, do you want to
1: kind of give us an idea of what went down Friday? Yeah, we started assembling around 4.30. Nah, even earlier than that, we said 4.30, but like, you know, there was a bunch of people already there. There was a, This is like all uncoordinated, straight coming from the community. A huge snack table, warm pizzas waiting, waters All different crews of, like, individuals, business owners, anarchists, communists, off to the side, directing traffic for us. They were, like, handing out snacks, all organically coming from the community in support of Black Lives. And we had a few speakers from um, Black Lives Matter Long Beach came down, and they handled all the speaker roles. I got up there and did my hype man thing, got the crowd a little hyped up with some back and Definitely. forth and yeah. you told the band to shut up oh yeah <laughs> there was a band like that's you know how they say everything except a brass band or whatever like there literally was like, a punk <laughs> band that showed up, and they did their thing they like they just came and just started setting up i tried talking to them as they were setting up they was like oh yeah man whatever dude uh-huh, uh-huh. and i was like is this gonna be like one of those things is like and as soon as they started playing a huge mosh pit just started happening like 10 or 12 fucking teenagers banging into me like i was like oh shit this is real and and i checked in with some uh some of the blm people and they were like yo what's going on here i was like "Yo, oh. like I, I spoke to them and you know they'll support like you know so when it came time for the speakers i was trying to get them to stop and of course they're a punk band they're not gonna stop and listen to me and so <laughs> i just literally had to put my hands on the drumsticks and make eye contact and i put my hands on the guitar Stopped the playing. I was like, all right, guys, now's the time. And they all gave me the, the nod. And what was great, the drummer carried along his snare drum throughout most of the protests. And he was backing up the speakers as they were going. And it was hyping up the crowd even more. Again, That's so uh, dope. Yeah, something organic that we nobody could have planned. It just happened. To shows you, like, when people out there in the streets, you know, the community will support. Like, the real Long Beach community will support. And that yeah, was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah yeah where it was else? really
0: inspiring to see that you know uh-huh. like just people coming together. like i didn't know half of those folks like most of those folks like just bring stuff in the band and the food and like I'm, like i have no idea who the fuck these people are but like awesome yeah you
1: know? it's one thing to like you know bring down a couple signs and stuff but it's nothing to carry two cases of water and then come down with a backpack full of snacks and then coordinate them to make sure everybody's staying hydrated and we're all staying safe like that is a great yeah. feeling And we took the crowd after the speakers at Harvey Milk. We took them to the mayor's house in front of Robert Garcia's house. And we gave them the business there. Again, we had a few more speakers. Mm -hmm. And the speakers were dropping knowledge and dropping knowledge. And I was learning about how to incorporate the crowd and to educate. Like these moments when we're all out in the streets practicing our politics, it's also a moment of education. And the speakers made sure to push the crowd into moments where they were very uncomfortable, where I was uncomfortable with what they were saying, and to realize that, yeah, you're uncomfortable, but guess what? You're still out here with us, and we're here together. Just because we're uncomfortable around each other doesn't mean we can't be here fighting against the system. And both yeah. those things can exist at the same time, the good, the bad. Mm-hmm. And that like completely, completely blew me away. Yeah, I remember there there
0: was a uh, a queer black speaker talking about their relationship with the nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And being like, you know, uh, talking about, you know, navigating that space about, you know, they, in the past they've been homophobic and like dealing with that, but also coming together with them to do stuff, you know? Yeah. The fight against the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just a little side note, did we make the mayor move? Like, cause <sighs> right as we went out there, like journalists really close to the mayor started tweeting stuff. Like, Oh, the mayor doesn't live here anymore. And we're all like, yeah, he does. Yeah. He yeah, he does. does. Well, it turns out he's selling his his fancy condo. Not till the 26th. Well, yeah, but like, doesn't it seem like a strange time to sell your condo? Like, when did he s- decide to sell when the car caravans started coming through? Like,
1: <laughs> like
0: seriously, <laughs> like, is there a gated community in Long Beach you can even move to? Ah, uh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That did happen too. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Now we got this, him
1: on a run, man. They're on the run. On the run. Dude,
0: he's scared. You know, yeah. I, the Scuttlebutt is, funnily enough, old villain Cindy Allen still running for second district. The one that lives in what's that town. That's not Long Beach. Oh, signal. Hill. No, 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 no. Uh, Fountain that, Valley. Fountain Valley. Oh yeah. There, there's a lot of, there was a lot of accusations that she actually lives in Fountain Valley. Cause she owns a house out there and like, Okay. Supposedly that's where she lives. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. Let's get the stories, okay? So, <laughs> she has two apartments in Long Beach, right? Yes. Yeah. She's a super host on Airbnb. That is true. Yes, those residents that she listed are also where she listed as her place of residence. That is also true. Yes. Mm. But she was living in one while renovating the other and still doing Airbnb. So... She's always been living. It's not confusing at all. Yeah, it was. It was
0: always an Airbnb. There was always people staying there, but somehow she was there also. But it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very simple. And uh, there's word on the street that the. People like theorizing that the mayor for some reason is like hiding at her house in Fountain Valley. We're not sure on that. It's just weird because like he showed up to a protest. What was that Thursday? Yep. And he gave that like wishy-washy statement about like he said like stuff like, you know, I acknowledge that black people go through bullshit, which is ironic considering like he literally gets campaign donations from the bullshit. Uh,
1: he oh, talked yes. about his
0: identity, yes, stuff like that.
1: Yes, yes, Identity about, like, as a gay man, he understands about being marginalized and this, that, and the other, and trying to bring identity politics back into this, and intersectionality, and we're all the same, and oppression, and he gets but it. Oddly, but oddly, no commitments. To nothing.
0: Yeah, he said he dialogued with the black community, which literally, according to later stuff, seems to be three three people, uh, based on the commission he's putting together. So I don't know. Democrats. <clears throat> Democrats yeah so we there was some really good speeches there and then the crowd headed back down pine pretty organically just kind of on its own back down pine and then just kind of went all over right yeah
1: we just meandered a bit and ended up at the courthouse for some more speakers and I just want to say I saw some pretty rowdy kids in that group and like mm-hmm. straight up to be like oh okay this is where you know something's gonna happen shit no graffiti no scratching nothing no cops around nothing happened we had yep. all a rowdy crowd with rowdy speakers people dancing and singing talking about black lives matter getting some political education where it died down enough where we could have conversations and i was having plenty of those sidebar conversations gauging the yeah. crowd having fucking little white girls come up to me and saying in their way i i think i understand and not even being presumptuous to be like yo i i get it now to be like mm. i think i'm starting to get it and Like, is it like this? Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. A stranger coming right up to me to talk about race that I don't even know. Like that barrier has been broken. And a lot of times it's like black people, we bear the brunt of the education to be like, all right, now I got to go talk to this guy and to be like, all right, now I have to explain to you what you did was wrong. But having somebody come up to me. And saying, I think I'm understanding. Can you help me navigate where this is wrong at a political mm. rally? Like, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's where that conversation needs to happen. And to go back to the point of those kids is like, nothing happened. There was no property damage. All these motherfuckers last week talking about property damage. The pike got looted, this, that, and the other. Well, we came down with like 3,000 people. We were trying to get out there before the sun went down. The sun was down for like an hour and nothing happened. The curfew was gone. So there was no escalation of violence. They did did not turn us into criminals because the sun went down.
0: Yeah, which is wild. I mean, that was the big difference between the last protest and this protest, mainly. I mean, there was more organized speakers this protest, but the main thing was, like, the lack of police presence for the most part. There were some motorcycle cops, like, badly directing traffic, as they love to do, but, like, they didn't
1: come and fuck with us like last time. Exactly. They kept their distance. They didn't elevate the fucking aggression. Because, yo, straight up. When you have like people that you know have guns mm-hmm. on them yep are organized have like fucking gang colors and then are coming marching towards you yeah. yo that fucking gets you hyped and then now yeah. you're a crowd of people they're getting hyped and we're feeding off the energy that the law the state is bringing to us we don't need that shit man we don't yeah. Yeah. That protest proved we don't need that. We could take care of ourselves.
0: Yeah, it also proved that the people who decide whether a protest will be violent or not is the police, right? Because they didn't step in and the crowd had no reason to... None of, none of that stuff happened this time mysteriously, you know? I, I really have to wonder their intention there. I mean, not that we can tell for sure, but I have to wonder if Long Beach Police Department is savvy enough to realize they if they back off the pedal a little bit, they won't look quite as
1: barbaric. I have to think some police department has to take that tack and like be able to read the room you know to be like yo it's not a good yeah. look like <laughs> people are being brutalized nonstop. i heard at some point they're like over a thousand different videos on incidents from different people like individual incidents not copied videos like now yeah. this stuff is starting to get cataloged yeah like on twitter threads they're like you know like here's a twitter thread
0: of, of videos of the police violating like the geneva convention <laughs> and they're not being hyperbolic like no You watch the videos, you're like, oh, that is like a a war crime. So I have to wonder, like, is our police department actually smart enough to realize, like, to play dumb? Not play dumb, but like, you know, step the boot off the neck just a little bit to hope that what happened in Minneapolis doesn't happen here. You know, we don't cut the budget and disband the department, you know?
1: Yeah, Right. this is where my mind it goes. Escalation needs to happen. Like If they don't, you know, Mm -hmm. if just because they're not down our necks while we protest, that doesn't mean the laws get changed. And we don't, we're not protesting not to get harassed. We're protesting to defund the police. Exactly. The fight's not even close to over. Exactly. So, like, if they think they're going to do that, they could do whatever. But we're going to keep going and putting the pressure on. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I. I don't want to, I think this was really successful, but I don't think we should, this is the time to put the pressure on rather than be like, yay, it's working, you know, because it is working, but it's like, because for example, the mayor agreed to that liberal BS about um, eight can't wait, right? He did? Yes. Well, he didn't agree to it like super explicitly, but on like social media and stuff, he was like, yeah, I'd love to do this. And it's those reforms that are like, like use of force continuum, whatever the fuck that means, like other stuff. Uh, So like. That's where our super, in my opinion, conservative neoliberal mayor is at. So it's like, to me, the Overton window has been pushed so far. We can easily, not easily, but we could push it further to, you know, defund LBPD.
1: Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal to defund LDP, LBPD, definitely. And it could happen, man. I, it could happen. Yeah, Minneapolis
0: has been really inspiring. So yeah, Friday went really well, and I'm, I'm excited to get back out there and do another action, you
1: know. More to come on. So on Friday before our protest, there's so many protests going on in Long Beach. I live by Long Beach Community College and they had a protest. They were coming down, marching right in front of my house and going down to the sheriff's station, which is like half a block across the street. That was organized by like teenagers, right? Yeah. Total teenagers organized by like some kids that go to the school. It was like, you know, their way of showing solidarity. Yeah. By a, a black organizer at the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My voice is a little hoarse cause I've been screaming. So, right. Uh, I had to go do a mutual aid run. I did the mutual aid run on the way back. I see some of the streets are blocked off. I'm like, Oh, these kids must be doing their thing. And I, by the time I finally get to my house, I have to go around the block a couple of times. I park and then I hear them. I hear them marching right outside. So I, I had yeah. to bullhorn ready because I'm ready to go to my protest. So I had to bullhorn ready. So I run outside and I start leading some chants, you know, say his name. <laughs> yeah. So from across that's the awesome. street. Yeah. yeah. So I'm leading chants and it was inspiring. I walked with them across the street and handed out flyers to our protest that's having that's happening on a little later. And, you know, and they were down. They were like saying, they were asking me, it's like, what organization are you with? I'm just like, I'm DSA. So you're a friendly neighborhood socialist right here helping you out yeah it was cool so but i still had to get ready for our protest so i ran inside jumped in the shower and not even like five minutes is i'm in the shower i hear like loud noises and banging coming like commotion people screaming like what the fuck is going on so i jump outside and i see the cops are marching down clark the sheriff's department los angeles sheriffs are marching down clark like a fucking war zone 30 of them And shooting flashbang grenades at these kids. I still have my megaphone handy, so I start yelling at them. They're just fucking kids. Leave them alone. They're just fucking kids. I was just there with them handing out flyers. There was no threat within that group whatsoever. Whatsoever. And I was powerless. I was literally powerless, and that's the most powerless I felt. in like, And I don't even know how long. And it just stayed with me to be like, I was just there with those kids. And in my head, I was just saying, this isn't like Sunday. This is so much of a different vibe. These kids are just hanging out. They're just learning about protests. This is like an exercise in a class that they're taking about politics. And this is how you protest. Like literally no threat. And the sheriff's department descended Mm -hmm. upon them in broad daylight. There's no property there to property damage. There's no private businesses there. Across the street from a fucking field. And yeah. they come down and they march. Some of my neighbors were fucking crying. Wow. Like they traumatized the whole fucking neighborhood. And so That's fucked up. every single neighbor I saw, I went up to him and I told him, this is why we need to defund the police. Because of shit like this. You're just living your life. These kids are just protesting as they were marching up. You're honking and waving at them in solidarity. And then the cops come down and bring fucking violence to them for no fucking reason. I saw it with my own goddamn eyes. I experienced it. I was there. In a matter of 20 minutes, going from joyous and solidarity with just children to the cops marching down as if we're in fucking Afghanistan and they're taking over fucking my street now. Yeah. I don't know if and they're going to turn and flash come. Bangs yeah. Too, yes. yeah. Well, my I'm surprised you were okay. Yo, my four-year-old stays with me. And her mom that day was like, well, I heard there's something going on. She probably shouldn't stay with you. And I'm like, you're being overcautious. But I didn't want to cause a problem. I was like, all right, whatever. She can stay with her grandma. And if my kid was here, and that happened out of nowhere. I, that would have traumatized my kid for fucking what reason? Yep. What reason whatsoever? I,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, LA County Sheriff is obviously showing, trying to do a display of force against like literal children from, a, you know, teenagers from a fucking community college and high school. And yeah, I'm, I'm surprised you're okay. I'm surprised they didn't do anything to you, to be honest with you. Oh, because I was yelling with the megaphone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. When you told me that, <sighs> I was like, holy shit, Vic, you, I'm I, glad you're okay. Because like- <sighs> They obviously were out for blood. I mean, they could have, you know, intentionally or accidentally tear gas your whole neighborhood too. I I didn't even think about that homie, until just now. I didn't even think about Fucking that. Horrible.
1: It's like that's all I could do. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because you came to the protest. That we've had such a crazy week. I mean, you came to the protest in downtown later, and you you told me this, and I we couldn't even didn't have time to even deal with it because it was just like you know we had to like be at and like do stuff for the protest happening right then. But like it's just insane. Like that one protest you know, what, like five, couple of miles north, mm-hmm. got flashbanged and attacked by LA County Sheriff, which was totally peaceful. And then another protest that honestly, if anything, the one downtown was more threatening. It was totally peaceful, but still we're talking about thousands of people in a place that did get looted before. Mm-hmm. And somehow arbitrarily that protest, that one didn't get attacked, but the other one did, which goes to show, like we said, has nothing to do with the protesters.
1: Nope. The cops are the ones bringing the violence, the outside agitator. Yeah. Cause if County Sheriff was down by up uh, by the downtown protest, probably would have happened to us. Probably probably unprovoked,
0: unprovoked. I'm glad you're okay, but that's, that's fucked up, man.
1: Uh, I'm all right. Like it's just time, a process and day by day, hour by hour, there's more and more processing needs to be done. But definitely taking some time out for self care and realizing yeah. that like, yo, that shit was traumatic. Like that's not just some like stuff. Cause when I go to a protest, whatever happens, whatever I see, I took myself to that protest. I'm in the shower, just fucking yep. living my life, and the cops bring the violence to my doorstep. Yeah, that's really
0: that's scary and horrible. I mean, they brought it right, right there, you know, for no reason. You know, there's and like you said, your neighbors all came out and were having a reaction because, like, it's not like they went to a protest, they were like in their house, you know, um, and a lot of them support those kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just wanna. Try to tie. Now I'm talking a lot this cast, but I just want to tie everything all up together with a few conversations and some experiences that I had from this past protest. This was yeah. like the first big protest I've been to, where seeing a lot of BLM speakers and smelling all the sage being burnt around. <laughs> and like, is it always <laughs> like this? I was like, Yeah, it's always like this. That's how they roll. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Still. All right. Oh, okay. So I and seeing that and just feeling the culture of what they bring and even the chants. Mm-hmm. Like some of those chants was just so soulful. Had so much fucking vibe and life to him. I was like, took me like three or four times to catch up. I'm like, oh shit. God, I'm not black enough for BLM. I was like, all right. I was like, wow. So just that energy. And it turned some of those chants into like dancing. Like now all of a sudden the crowd is bobbing their head. Bobbing their head, right? And and I look. And who's leading the chants when that's happening? It's women. And then who's burning the sage? It's women. At the end, they bring in a circle of all young people. And they say Assad's chant. I'm, am I saying that correct? Uh, I think it's Asada. Asada, Sh- yes. Shakur? Mm-hmm. And they bring people in together and they say it with the focus on the family. And again, that's very, or who leads the family? It's not men, you know, we all know that. And it's that seeing that culture of women first. Black lives matter, black women first leading, and realizing that the reason this thing has caught fire and the reason the hashtag is still around is because those black women have been doing the work this whole time. Yeah. They saw the injustice because black women are at the bottom of this whole fucking structure that we have in this country. Mm -hmm. Being the most marginalized, they realize what the work needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And that's how it was able to sustain until we have this, what we have right now. And shifting from black woman to a white woman I'm working with, Kendall Mayhew from Ground Game LA. We were having a conversation early on a Zoom call, and she's like, because we've been going back and forth on like abolishment, I'm like, defund. She's like, no, 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 stop that. It's, it's abolishment. That's, and she uses the term over oh, and over again that, yo, we're abolitionists. Like This is what we're doing. And there mm-hmm. were abolitionists who were fighting against slaves who knew that shit was not going to end in their lifetime. But guess what? They still fought against for abolition and didn't not talking about reform slavery they're talking about abolition and we all know that this institution grows out of rounding up slaves that's the fact All right. so she's talking about it from abolition and she's like yo abolition of police already exists I'm just like wait what the fuck are you saying she's like yo gated communities the cops don't patrol gated communities (laughs) those rich fucks have everything they need. They want for nothing. Mm. And they don't need the cops to patrol. People could go out there and drink beer in public and nothing happens to them. There's no police around breathing down on their neck. They got private security that they pay for that's different than police. That private security are not police. They don't have the power of the state. So therefore, they're able to gate themselves off from the power of the state. And within that little tiny gated community is abolishment of police. Oh my God, I never thought about that. Booyah. Wow. Booyah mind blown yeah mind. and those private security guards work for them and they exactly, fucking know it exactly huh it exists already bro it exists wow. it exists it's happening all across the country for the right rich. now i mean the rich don't ah, have to deal with this violence
0: and it hey capitalism. hey don't don't start calling me a class reduction <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not going
1: <laughs> to a statement
0: about racism that doesn't mention racism <laughs> That uh, set me reeling. You said earlier about Black women leading the, especially around here, the Black Lives Matter movement. A speaker yesterday mentioned the fact that they started organizing with BLM when that was a dirty word. um, (laughs) And made me think, I think you mentioned it to me or someone did, you know, Black Lives Matter in Long Beach was doing weekly anti-Jackie Lacey protests. Oh, L.A., yeah, yeah, in L.A., yeah, yeah, all Oh, in L.A., Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, for years. And sometimes it would be 10 people. They've kept that torch going, so to speak. Like now, you know, BLM is like underwater in the fact that there's such an incredible demand on their organizing. But there's been, based on what they've said, like lonely times, you know? Yeah, real lonely times. As Bernie has said before. He's fought a lot of lonely fights. And I think BLM has been in a similar situation where it's like, it has not always been popular as we know to support them.
1: Mm-hmm. And now every, everybody's clamoring <laughs> to like, have them involved with the shit. Clamoring. And not only, and this brings up to my last and final, like wrap up of the type of day I've been having. Uh, I co-parent. I, I like it, man. I like it. <laughs> I co-parent at, with a four-year-old. Her mom is a nurse black woman successful she's been working this whole time but comes from from marginalized places like she has climbed the class structure to benefit her she's a homeowner in bellflower i'm talking to her and she was telling me a conversation she was having she was at a play date with harper and somebody at the play date you know some dude talking about like oh we should have opened up a lot earlier you know now these protests it's good but like If people wanted to open up the business, everybody didn't want to go down. And she's like, yo, let me tell you what is going down. She's like, yo, for two months, people lost their jobs. Their life shifted. And you know what happened to them? They became marginalized. Even if you can't, you got your Netflix, you got your house, you got your car. Not being able to socialize with people cannot be replaced. Even if your bank account did not get hit and you're still working and you still had money and food which most everybody I know does, but guess what? We were not able to socialize. And you know what that did? That marginalized. That's what it did. It took a whole bunch of us who were living in a certain class and all of a sudden we got marginalized. We still had all our possessions. We still had these fucking Zoom calls. But without that social interaction, what they do to fucking people in solitary confinement, the most horrible punishment you could put upon a human being, that's what got put upon us collectively. And with that, the government told us Here's twelve hundred bucks, and go fuck yourself, and hundred thousand deaths. Right? I lost somebody. A lot of mm-hmm. people lost people. Yeah. Like even if you're middle class, but not being able. To, I used to shit on this. These all motherfuckers want to open up to go back to Fuddruckers, and I would shit on that and like talk down to those people. But they're not going to fucking for Fuddruckers. They're going to mar. They're going to hang out with other humans. Yep. And that got taken away from them, and they too became marginalized.
0: Right. That's an that's an interesting way to to think about it right because a lot of in some ways yeah because a lot of marginalized communities are made to feel unwelcome right in their own community and with the quarantine like uh, even people like myself who are are much more privileged were made to feel unwelcome because you know I can't go to a restaurant I can't and that's been the funny thing about these reopenings for restaurants right they talk about oh we're gonna socially distance blah 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 it's like dude like I want to go to dinner with you man I don't want to go to dinner with just me that's that'd be lame you know like you said Mm -hmm. we want the human contact and i think you're right that's really contributing to what's happening because it's like there's less to distract us now right Mm -hmm. we're sitting in our houses Mm -hmm. fucking stewing about how fucked up capitalism is Mm -hmm. and now another horrible
1: thing happened with police violence And it's like you know what fuck it dude like i'm going out there check it out and she said she's like yo and after these two months what do we see george floyd a black man right usually not the person that America sees themselves in. But guess what? After two months of being marginalized, they saw themselves as George Floyd. That's why you have these white kids out here chanting Black Lives Matter and nobody is uncomfortable. Nobody is cringe because you know what? They believe it. And I believe they believe it and I believe them because we just went through two months of being marginalized together and we all feel that collective pain. I was in fucking tears as she's telling me this to say, this is what happened. This is why we're all out here together because we were all marginalized and we could not have this moment if we were not marginalized And the majority of people, no matter what your fucking class is, you got marginalized when we told you to sit your ass home. And then guess what? You could see that opened up the fucking empathy that the fucking black women of Black Lives Matter know about and been trying to tell us. And carrying that fucking torch to bring us here to show us what the fuck is going on. That analysis blew my fucking mind. We all became marginalized and therefore the empathy we all saw ourselves for fucking George Floyd. They're not marching for George Floyd, they're marching for themselves. Mm. That's marginalized. Are so invested. You know? Exactly. Because exactly.
0: under capitalism, it's like what shared, especially this stage of it, like what shared experience do we have with other people? Right? Not much. We all work different jobs, not they're not unionized. You know, you and I work in very different fields. Everybody I know works in a different field. I don't know a lot of other engineers. Mm-hmm. So I don't even have a lot of solidarity with people at work. I was working remotely before I lost my job. (laughs) So that was even more isolating. Nobody has anything shared, you know? And except like, I don't know, getting mad at tweets, I guess. But even that's different. We get mad at different tweets. Exactly. You're totally right. And, you know, the quarantine, like that is something that genuinely did affect everyone. It affected poor people. It affected rich people. Now, of course, rich people were hanging out in their mansions. Don't get me wrong. But that's not socialization. Yeah, still, it disrupted their lives, you know, they got marginalized.
1: Um, Somebody told them with authority, you can't do what you want to do. That's the definition of being marginalized.
0: Yeah. And everybody finally had that shared experience. And has it's been welling up distrust of the state, and by definition, the extension of the state, which is the police. So it's like, you're right, perfect storm.
1: I never thought it would be this, but it is. (laughs) And it takes black women knowing, you know what I mean, to lead the way. It's like, why? It's like, because they're the ones who've been most marginalized in this fucking system and they understand it. That's why. It's for a reason. And as socialists, it's upon us to connect all these groups together and support these groups and support movements that come from these groups. That's our place in this whole thing that's going on here. I think our role is to support, right? Because
0: let's call a spade a spade. You know, DSA is mostly white. Uh, the Long Beach chapter, not as much. But still, I think supporting is the role we need to play and we can rather than dominating. And I'm, I'm made uncomfortable by other socialists who make it about them and more importantly make it do class reductionism right so we're talking about how people's class enters into this right like yep. you be feeling marginalized by the state losing your job that's what's really causing these protests to blow up more i agree but it's like that's not the only thing no. and we shouldn't we shouldn't be lecturing people that are going out to BLM protests about like <laughs> okay well cool well here's what marx said like
1: no dude not the time yo dude yo, let's just say this is for Philly DSA and that trash ass statement that they put out God. it's like yo dude Yo, read the fucking room, bro. Read the room. I'm not going to yell Black Lives Matter at a Bernie rally. You know what I mean? That's for Bernie shit. <laughs> and now we had a Black Lives Matter rally. I'm not going to be like, yo, guys, no, 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 no. Bernie has something to say about this. Like, no, motherfucker. Yeah. No, support. And let's get the mass people out there. The amount of people that are, aren't in the streets and for those motherfuckers not to be like Black Lives Matter when fucking... Bullshit brands are just saying black lives matter. Yeah, someone says, oh, what? oh, you're mad at him because they didn't say the magic words. Motherfucker, they are magic words. Look what those fucking words did to get people in the streets. Look what those words yeah. did to break up fucking Minneapolis PD. Damn, damn fucking right those words are magic because I don't understand it. You don't understand it, but the goddamn reality is changing material goddamn conditions. So shut the fuck up, Philly DSA. Come on now. Yeah. Now is not the
0: time to lecture the black community about poverty as if the black community has never grappled with this. Come on, dude. Just okay, say bullshit. it. They could have said everything and just put Black Lives Matter at the end. And well, that was the frustrating part. part is everything they said in that statement was right. They were talking about how the partial state came to exist, poverty contributing to it, all this stuff. And it's like, yes, and you sound like a liberal dude. You only have half of the information. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just like, do. you know, this isolates people of color and makes them not want to like participate in what we're doing and stay away from us. And we already are struggling with that. Don't, don't waste our fucking time and do it again. You know?
1: Yeah. And just, yo man, just go down with it and be cool with it, bro. Just be cool with it. It may not be your thing, but like, you don't want to be, you don't want to join the movement. You want to, Keep Philly DSA on the side while all these people march in the streets. Is that what you want to do? You don't want to hold the banner that says Black Lives Matter? You dumb fucks. It's it's particularly odd because I remember with the Bernie thing, there was so much hand-wringing
0: and so much debate and so much effort and blood and money and ink spilled and money, a lot of money, about capturing the energy of the Bernie campaign, using it to build coalition, <laughs> blah, 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 which is true. Great. But it's like, you know, why can't... like. So you're telling me you don't want to capture the energy of a movement that's, like, led by people of, like, that, that movement's too dirty and icky?
1: Yeah, you can't say like We don't say want it.
0: those folks to, yeah. to, like, agree with us and, like, work with us. Like, they couldn't just say it? Like, like you couldn't just say it? Like, little, just say Black Lives Matter. That's it. A fucking Captain Crunch is tweeting at me that, like, Black Lives Matter and, like, you know, a picture of Malcolm X and whatever <laughs> fake bullshit they're doing. And, you know, my a fucking DSA chapter can't even, like, do with the Social media manager Captain <sighs> Crunch is
1: doing, like, come on. Uh, and yo, know, and I respectfully DSA, like, I've heard several of their comrades on different podcasts. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's spitting that truth. No doubt that's hot fire. But fuck, man, for them to get down as a chapter and people sit down in a fucking room and come up with this and them to agree to put this out in public, we'd even have to talk about it in Long Beach, right? Like, Right? It was just like Black Lives Matter. Like, oh, this is going on? Yeah, this is our official statement. Black Lives Matter. Yes.
0: Oh, cool. There's a big protest? Let's go. I mean, if anything, we had the reverse problem where we had to like... Not do what we do, which is, like, we are known in town to kind of, like, get things together, lead things, do Mm -hmm, that stuff. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think during this process, we a lot of us are trying to learn, like, okay, we need to take a step back in some way and, like, support rather than lead because this is not our space to lead. Nope, literally not. Literally not. And not release a fucking statement that doesn't mention the word racism (laughs) and be like, actually, it's about our thing. It's about socialism. (sighs) Holy shit. The whole time it's about socialism. (sighs) Anyway. Yeah. But yeah. those, I'm, I'm glad you shared those, uh, those perspectives, Vic, because I think those are, honestly, that's women. Something I, I don't think is being talked about a lot. Yep.
1: We need to get those women on this podcast. Yes. Next uh, episode, we have somebody lined up. So. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking about Kendall and uh, the co-parent. Right. She needs. They both need to come on and spit that hot fire. That brings us to the end of our show.
0: Be sure to rate, listen, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Do it. I'm Jordan. I'm Vic. And this has been Why Am I Talking?